animals and you don't follow kids. So it's a good thing I'm not in show business, so, because uh, that's a tough act to follow. But it was a really good couple of days. It's different. And anytime you do something different, you don't know how it's going to work or how it's going to happen. Different doesn't mean it's better or worse. It just means it's different. And uh, I think our kids had a great time. I know they learned a lot. I know there were kids that wanted to be here. They couldn't because of ball and some other things. But um, be sure that you let all these volunteers know they did a great, great job. And uh, uh, you can be really proud of them. So we are uh, in the second week of this series. We're talking about being a warrior. And when I think about a warrior in our country, I always think about Navy SEALs. And Navy SEALs are like the elite of the elite of our fighting force, right? They are the best of the best. And so I want to tell you a little bit about training. It's really interesting. It is, it is not for the faint of heart. So uh, here's how it goes. There's a three-week indoctrination period. So for three weeks, they get you ready for the next seven weeks. And then there's seven weeks. And the first two weeks of the seven weeks, they get you ready for the third week. Third week, if you'll pardon my language, is what they know, is known as hell week. And I want to tell you about that week. Because that's the week that makes or breaks uh, trainees. And this is what happens. During this week, candidates participate in five and a half days of continuous training. Each candidate sleeps at most four hours during the week. Four hours in five days. That's all the sleep you get. Um, they will run more than 200 miles. They will physically train for 20 hours a day. On average, they consume 7,000 calories a day. Still lose a significant amount of weight. Now, a lot of eating. This is what a former SEAL said. He said, it's an extreme test of physical endurance, mental fortitude, intense pain, frigid temperatures, attitude, teamwork, and individual's capacity to perform under high physical and emotional stress in the midst of sleep deprivation. Imagine being bitterly cold, constantly wet, learning insanely difficult operational trainings for five and a half days straight, all with four hours sleep. Now, what you may or may not know is that 75% of people who make it to the third week do not see the end of the third week. 25% make it past week three. 75% walk away. And the question is, why? Why do they leave? Because they can leave any time during that week. They can just walk out. And I think, as someone from the outside looking in, but based on a lot of things I've read and, and heard, Man, it's hard. And, and sometimes when things get hard, there comes a point in time where your body just says, I can't go on anymore. I can't do this. And so I've, the only thing I can do is to push through or to stop pushing. And they quit. Doesn't mean make any less of them because they're still in our fighting force. It just means they won't be Navy SEALs. But I think there's a lesson we can learn from that. And our walk with God in the life is we talk about embracing the life of a prayer warrior, of a warrior. I think a lot of people have quit praying. I think a lot of Christians have stopped praying. And I think the reason we stop praying is because it's hard. It's hard to pray and pray and pray and trust and put yourself in God's hands. Wait for God to do something or to do nothing. 
Because the reality is, and, and you know, I'm not telling you anything you probably don't know, but the reality is God answers every prayer. And sometimes God says yes, and sometimes God says no, and sometimes God says wait before he says yes. That's tough. But here's the tougher part. Sometimes God says wait before he says no. And I think that's the part, the waiting part, is where people bail on God. Because why pray to God if he doesn't care? One person said it this way. said, prayer is mumbling words you don't mean to someone who doesn't even care. And there are a lot of people, when you talk about prayer, they may not say it that way, but that's their attitude. Why should I bother praying to some, I mean, I don't even mean half the words I say. And I'm not even sure anyone's paying attention. And if you've ever been frustrated with God, you know what that feels like. If you've ever wondered why God doesn't seem to be listening to you, you know what that feels like. If you've ever had to wait and wait and wait to hear no, you know what that feels like. But only the few, statistically speaking, will push through that. And a lot of people pray, and, and so don't get me wrong, a lot of Christians pray, but we're not talking about just praying about stuff. We're talking about praying as if your life depends on God, because that's what a prayer warrior is. It's a person who prays as if everything depends on God. And what we're going to talk about today is the mystery of prayer. And there's a mystery when it comes to prayer. Because we assume this is what prayer is. Prayer is when I tell God what I want, need, what's going on in my life, and then God will do, hopefully, whatever I'm asking for. And for a lot of us, that's what we've reduced prayer to. But I'm here to tell you there's a mystery. To and so Jesus taught his disciples uh, about this lesson on prayer. And so... Jesus teaches the disciples a lesson on prayer. He's teaching us because if you're a Christian, you're a disciple. You're a follower of Jesus. Okay, so what Jesus taught them then teaches us today. And so in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, we see these words. <clears throat> One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they shouldn't always pray and never give up. Now, it's really cool when you read something and you know up front what's coming. All right? Because a lot of times, if you, if you like movies or you read books, and, and, and sometimes you read and you read and read, and there's a major twist at the end of it, and you, and you go, I didn't see that coming. Sometimes you, you go into it and you see something, you go, yeah, I know how this is going to turn out, and then it doesn't. So Jesus takes all the mystery out of this. So he says, here's the deal. I'm going to tell you a story, and the point of the story, I'm going to tell you up front. It's because I want you to learn that you should never give up on prayer. All right, and so here's how it goes. So it goes like this. Beginning in verse 2. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. Verse 4. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. So let's talk about this. Because 
The easy leap is, okay, Jesus says, if you keep praying, we can wear God out. And if that's what you think, let me just go ahead and give you, tell you the story up front. You can't wear God out. You just can't do it. The point of this story is not if I just keep praying and praying and praying and praying that eventually I'll wear God out and he'll give me what I want because he's just tired of hearing from me. Because that presents an image of God that doesn't work for us. I mean, can you imagine the God who gets tired of listening to you? Can you imagine worshiping the God who just gets so sick of hearing from you? I'm just going to give him what he wants, so they'll shut up. I just said, I'll just stop talking. This isn't like a marriage or dealing with your kids or your grandkids where you just give in sometimes because you just want to move on. God doesn't just move on. And so the point of this is not that God is going to be worn out. The point of this is the widow who would never give up. This is all about the widow. It's not about the judge. The widow would never give up. She was persistent and she dogged this judge who didn't care about her or didn't care about people. Some of translations would call him a corrupt judge. But he was impressed with her tenacity. And then Jesus says this in verse 6. The Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? In other words, Jesus says, if the crooked judge is going to give justice to the persistent widow, why do you think the loving, gracious, merciful creator of the universe is going to do for the people he loves? People that can never, never wear him out. That he never gets tired of hearing from them. That he wants to hear the cry of your heart, loves the sound of your voice. Jesus says, you should never give up when you pray. Even when it's pointing towards no. You should never give up until the prayer is answered. Whatever the prayer is, whatever's going on. And so what we see here in this parable is, is what I like to call the mystery of prayer. And the mystery of prayer goes something like this. And this is a quote from a book that I read a few years ago. It says this, What God does in us while we wait for him to answer our prayers may be more important than what we are waiting for God to do for us. So let me explain what I'm talking about here. I believe the mystery of prayer, what Jesus is teaching is this. The reason we should pray and pray and pray is not so God will give us something. It's because while we pray, God works in us. You see, the mystery of prayer is, is this. Sometimes you pray and things get better, right? Sometimes you pray and things get worse. Sometimes we pray and circumstances change, and sometimes we pray and they don't. But the mystery of prayer is not about the answer to prayer. It's about what God does in you, through you, with you, to you, while you pray. The reason we should never give up on prayer is because God is at work in us while we pray.
helping us move from where we are to where we need to be. Maybe giving us the strength to deal with the answer to his prayer. If you've ever prayed for a parent who was, losing, was fighting a losing battle with a disease, you know what that's like. You pray, you pray, you pray, you pray, and then it happens. And what I learned with my dad and with Chris' mom is that God gave us a lot of strength that I didn't have when we started praying and didn't realize it until the end. Because what God does in us is just as important as what we want God to do for us. Prayer teaches us, we talked about this, so let me prayer teaches us that we should lean into God. Because God wants to work in us. It teaches us to depend on God. It teaches us that God is sovereign. It teaches us that he is faithful, that he is just. And so we should pray as if our lives depend on God, as if everything depends on God. And the life of a warrior is it means you don't pray until the praying's done. You stop when it's time to stop. And if you don't know when it's time to stop, you just keep going. You pray about everything. You pray about anything. And so here's what it looks like. Prayer should be consistent. Prayer should be continuous. And prayer should be persistent. Consistent, continuous, persistent. First, uh, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, never stop praying. Never stop praying. Uh, three words. Never stop praying. It's a th- Paul's, the, the letters that he wrote, that thing up a lot. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Never, never stop praying. Because that is when God works in you. So we're going to look at a couple of things. That happens when we pray. Just, just two things that, that happen in your life when you pray. There's tons more. But we're just only going to talk about two. All right? And maybe this is where you're at and this is what you need. Here's the first thing. Consistent, continuous, and persistent prayer produces peace. Peace is what most of us want. All right? I mean, we want peace. But sometimes it's hard to have peace when you're in a storm. If you've ever driven in a driving rainstorm where the wind is moving your car off the road and it's raining so hard that you can't see, I'm telling you, if you're driving, peace is not what you feel. And if you're the passenger, peace is not what you feel. Because you're probably worried to death about the weather and worried to death about how your spouse is driving. All right? Slow down. Speed up. Watch out. Big, you know, you go through all this stuff. I know, it's raining hard. I mean, you just go through all these things. When a storm is pounding on you, peace does not seem possible. But consistent, persistent, and continuous prayer teaches us that when the storm is raging is when peace comes. And peace comes when you never give up on God. Paul says it this way. We read this a couple weeks ago. 
Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Now, that's the first part. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. That's about worry. We talked about fear and anxiety and that the antidote to worry and to fear is prayer. And if you pray about stuff, you don't worry about stuff. If you pray about stuff, there's nothing to be afraid of because you've given it to God. But there's another part of that. Paul says this, then, after you pray about everything, after you give everything to God, after you never give up on prayer, and you just continue, I'm just never giving up, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray. Then, then, when you never give up, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus says if you want peace in the storm you communicate with God all the way through and you never stop if you want peace in the storm you pray as if your life depends on God if you want peace in the storm you understand that whatever happens and it may not go the way you want and it may go exactly the way you want and it may go a different way and you may find it better than what you wanted because God there's a mystery to how God answers our prayers too And sometimes a yes doesn't look like a yes. And sometimes I think, much like parents do, I think there's times God goes, yes. He goes, he says, you know what? This isn't best for you, but I'm going to let you find that out the hard way. My life is filled with prayers that God said yes to that I wish looking back he would have said no. But I wanted it. And God gave it to me. And I regretted it. Sometimes God says no because there's a better yes. Sometimes God says wait because we're not ready for yes or no. Sometimes God says yes because he wants us to, says wait because he wants us to grow. If you give up on prayer, I'm telling you, the peace of God will not find you. It, It won't find you. Because it only comes when we never give up on God. And we continue to pray to him. Whatever's going on. So here's kind of, here's, your, here's a peace test. All right. Now this is very generic. And it gets tougher as we go on. Four questions you can ask yourself. If you're trying to deal with something. And you're trying to figure out what's going on. And, and you know, you, you're in a storm. Here's four questions you can ask yourselves. And they get tougher. Here's the first one. Have I prayed about it? Starts with the basics. Have I prayed about it? Because you haven't, you need to start right there. And sometimes it's not, have I prayed? It's, am I still praying? Because a lot of times you have I prayed about it. Yep, when? Two weeks ago. Waiting for God. Okay, keep waiting. All right? In life, if something's important and you tell someone and you wait two weeks, it's really important, are you going to wait two weeks for it? If you have an employee who needs to give you something because, for the business, and they forget, are you going to let them forget? Are you going to remind them? If something's important, you'll remind them. If something's important, you'll pray about it. If it's really important, you'll keep praying about it. If it's not important, you'll probably stop praying about it. And so that's the question. Have I prayed? Am I praying? And so here's the next question. This is a little difficult, and it's not the answer. How much is this going to matter a year from now? There are things we want so bad 
that a year from now will not make an announce a difference. And there are things that do. And that's a tough question because here's the question. Here's, here's what happens. If you ask yourself this question, how much is it gonna happen matter a year from now? None, but I don't care about a year from now. I care about right now. I want it now. A year from now, I may not want this. I want it now. Christmas. You know, everyone's got a Christmas present you really had to have that is either in a closet, you re-gifted, returned. Re-gifting's awesome, by the way. By the way, a little re-gifting hint. Don't give back. If you're not sure who gave it to you, find someone you don't know to give it to. Just, just, I'm just saying. Just, just a helpful hint, all right? But sometimes there are things that are going on that we think are really important. If we go, you know, a year from now, it's really not going to be all that big a deal. So I'm going to pray about this, but I'm going to understand that if God doesn't give me what I want or what I think I need, I'll be okay. Here's the third question. As it pertains to God's promise, do I really believe what I say? In other words, is God greater than my circumstances or is he not? I mean, I say I believe that. Do I really believe that? Does my prayer life reflect that? As it pertains to God's promise, do I really believe that God can do anything? Do I believe he's faithful? Do I believe he's listening? Do I believe he's paying attention? Do I believe he sent Jesus into the world? Do I believe he wants a better life for me than I want for myself? Do I really believe what I say I believe about God? And sometimes, sometimes the answer to that question is no, and it forces you to go, kind of go to a whole different prayer mode. And that's, I need to get back to the way things were. I need, to, I need to quit worrying about what's going on in my life right now. I need to get back to where I trust in God's promise. And you abandon what's in front of you for something better. And what's better is living your life as if you believe Jesus and his promises. As if you actually take him seriously and his word. And a lot of people in their prayer life have no peace because they don't believe that. Peace is impossible without believing in the promise of Jesus. It's impossible. Last question. This is the really hard one. Can I survive the worst with God's help? And that's the tough one. I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and there's, no, there's nothing physically I can do, mentally, or there's nothing I can do but give this, put this in God's hands. If the worst happens, can me and God handle this? Not can I handle this, because the answer to that is no. But can God now, with God's help, with his strength, with leaning into God, trusting in his promise, me and God, can we handle this? Here's what the answer to that question is yes. It's amazing the peace of God you'll experience in your life. When the answer to that question is no, it is amazing how far God's peace is from you. And it's as simple as that. We have to trust God is who he says he is or that he's not. And if you trust who he says he is, you pray and you pray and, and, and what happens, this mysterious thing that happens to you is that God gives you peace. God gives you peace that you need for the moment. Maybe peace you need for the future, but peace you need for whatever's coming. Now there's another thing he does. And that is consistent, continuous, and persistent prayer prevents pride. And it seems like kind of a weird thing, but we're really, we're kind of a proudful nation, okay? I mean, we, we, we are, we, you know, 
there's self-righteousness is not, you know, a lost art form. It, it's running rampant. And it's alive and well and everywhere. Proverbs says this, pride leads to destruction. A proud attitude brings fall. James says this in chapter 4. And he, God, gives grace generously as the scripture says, God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. Pride says, check me out. That's, right? Prayer says, check God out. Pride points everybody to you. Prayer points everything towards God. It is almost impossible, maybe absolutely impossible, to allow pride to derail you if you never give up on prayer. If you pray as if everything depends on God, your life, your circumstances, your family, your job, everything depends on Him, and you pray fiercely and compassionately and and never give up, continuous, persistently. There's no room for pride in your life. Not the kind of pride that leads you away from God. There's a good kind of pride. We'll talk about that one of these days, I'm sure. But here's what prayer ultimately teaches you. That God will never give up on you. His desire is you never give up on Him. That's what prayer teaches us. God never gives up. But the cross is us. God never gives up. While we were a mess, while we were sinners, while we were rebellious, while we didn't care about God, Jesus died for us. That's what we learn in Scripture. Prayer reminds us that God doesn't give us on us, so I need to hang in there with God at all costs. Because the mystery of prayer is this, what God does in us while we wait for him to answer our prayers may be more important than what we are waiting for God to do for us. I'm telling you, there may be some things you're praying about, you've got going on, coming on the horizon, and they are huge and they're life-changing. But what God does in you while you pray may be more important than what God, how God answers your prayer. Because God's going to answer your prayer. He's going to say yes. He's going to say no. He's going to say yes, but wait. He's going to say no, but wait. He's going to say wait and wait. He's going to say wait, no, there's a better yes coming. Wait, no, I'm saving you from yourself. Yes, but you know what? You might regret that. God will answer your prayers. God answers every prayer. Every prayer God answers. So the point of prayer, the mystery of prayer teaches us, the point of prayer is not to get God to do stuff for us. It is to allow God to work in us while he answers our prayer, whatever it is, however we pray. Because when it's all said and done, the thing we talked about last week, we ended, we're going to end with this week, the greatest benefit of prayer is that prayer is for your benefit. God does not need your prayers. God doesn't need them. God knows everything before you do. We need to pray. When I pray, God hears the sound of my voice and he loves that. When I pray, God hears the cry of my heart and he loves that. When I pray, I lean into God and he loves that. 
when I pray, I trust God and he loves that. And all those things benefit me more than they benefit him. Embrace the life of a warrior and if you found yourself and you're kind of ready to give up on, on God and give up on prayer, hang in there and keep praying. Just keep praying. I'm not going to promise you that it'll all work out, whatever it is you're praying about, but I will promise you that God will work in you while you pray. Lord, we are uh, grateful for the fact that we know that you hear everything that we say. You hear every prayer. You know everything. You care so much about us that you gave us this way to talk to you. That's not for you, it's for us. And while we talk to you, you work in us. You strengthen us, you build our faith, build our courage, you teach us mercy, you teach us grace, you teach us forgiveness, you teach us to be more like Jesus who gave his life for us. Lord, I don't know this for a fact, but I'll bet there's some folks here that maybe they're ready to give up on prayer. Maybe they're ready to give up on you. Or maybe they know someone who is. So Lord, I pray that we will just individually but corporately as your church hang with you as we wait for you. And whatever you do and however you answer, we are grateful that you listen. We're grateful that you care. We're most grateful that you sent Jesus to die for us. We pray these things in his name. Amen.